0: I'm preaching a message to you that is entitled, Leaning Towards the Calm. I want you to think about this for a minute. Leaning Towards the Calm. I'll tell you how this came about. You know, West Virginia hasn't had a lot of snow as of yet, and I hope we don't. But we, uh, Jacob heard me say that. But we have had a lot of wind, have we not? And, I mean, a lot of wind, and... Uh, and we hate that for Sandy Vance and her car, uh, tree fell on it and uh, damaged it, but God is going to supply and meet that need, and, and uh, so, you know, there's damage that happens because of wind. But um, we've had a lot of days where the sun's been out too, you know, this winter. And n- don't forget next week, to set your clock ahead. That just tells us that springtime's coming. Christy may cut our grass this week. She won't let me cut the grass because she says I can't keep the line straight. But, but it, so it doesn't bother me. Maybe I do that on purpose so I don't have to cut it. But but anyway, I noticed that uh, during the time that the wind was blowing, I have this uh, Pilots app that I can look and see what the wind, the loft is doing. And it was blowing 49 knots during all that, uh, during all that time, uh, and which is really fast. But a lot of people would say, that it's a, it's a gorgeous day. It's a beautiful day. The sun is out and, and the wind may be, may be fine on the ground. But when you go you know, 3,000 or 4,000 feet, the wind could be blowing at a dangerous, at a very dangerous high speed that could hurt a commercial jet or cause a lot of turbulence. So I want to tell you that sometimes what you see is not always what reality may bring. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, you, you may think it's a beautiful day here on earth. You may think it's just gorgeous, and, the, and everything is great, and the flag's down, and there's no wind, but then you go aloft, and it could just absolutely just rock your world. Well, that's what happens in people's lives today, it, is we, we see that smile on their face, but the wind's blowing on the inside. They're hurting on the inside. They're struggling financially on the inside. They're they're sick on the inside. They're dealing with addiction on the inside. They're dealing with struggles and heartaches and different things. And and so people are hurting. Write this down. People are hurting behind the smile. People are hurting behind the smile. and, and, And as, and here's what I wrote down. I want you to get this. As the church, how do we help? If you notice, I did not say, as a church, how do we help? But as the church, how do we help? And I think that that is something that we we need to look at, and we need to find out what God wants to do in our community and do it. We had a visit from, from the mayor today um, and uh, uh, Richie Roach, uh, I, I think the world of Richie and and uh, he stopped by the church today and, and he ran by some ideas on some things that, that he's wanting to do and there's going to be a meeting coming up coming up real soon and it's going to be things that the church can do to be able to help and give back to the communities. So we're real excited about that. So we have to learn to lean towards the calm. We have to learn to lean towards the calm. And you think about that. When you define the word calm, it's not showing or feeling nervous, angry, or other strong emotions. As the church, why are we so shaken by the world? Why is the church so shaken by the church. I ran into uh, Kevin Starcher. Kevin has preached in our church. Uh, he is pastoring Heiser Community Church, uh, which our praise team has sung there, and he's been there for a number of years. I used to pastor that church <coughs> a long time ago. I ran into him at uh, at a restaurant on Friday evening, <coughs> and we were talking, and he said, well, you know, he said, uh, he said, A lot of the people within the church has been shaken because of of what's going on in the world today. And I said, give me an example. (coughs) Excuse me. It was so good to sing today. I haven't been able to do that for for quite a while, so I am on the mend. Pray for Barb. She's been struggling with it. So it's just something that's going around, and just plead the blood. (coughs) But I was saying to Kevin... I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, let me tell you something. And you've heard me say it many times. I said, Kevin, (coughs) I said, it doesn't matter if gas goes to $10 a gallon. (coughs) I said, it doesn't matter if bread goes to $10 a loaf. You'll still be able to buy it. If you're a tither. Because the Bible says that somebody who doesn't tithe is a, is a thief. I'm not saying that. That's what the Word said. You, you, you can't expect, expect blessings if you're holding back. Boy, he took a shouting fit, and I told him something else. I said, let me tell you something else. I said, so you tell your people. And I was in a, a leadership meeting at Winfield uh, on Wednesday this past week. It went to about 10 o'clock. We're uh, advancing um, a, a third daycare. Uh, in Winfield. And we're really excited about that. It's a dream come true uh, for, for our family to be able to, to go to a, have a third daycare. So we're beginning to work on the details of that. And then we were talking about the economic uh, things that are going on in the world. And I'm preaching to them. I'm saying it doesn't matter what gas goes to. It doesn't matter what bread goes to. It doesn't matter how high your electric bill is. Do you know something my gas bill, and I'm not on a budget. I'm not on a budget with my gas bill at home. But we have, a, we have gas heat downstairs, electric heat upstairs, two different units, and we have a gas fireplace. And I will tell you something that I cannot explain. But my bill for the last year, no matter if it's hot no matter if it's cold, my gas bill is thirteen dollars and thirteen cents, and it's been like that for over a year. It should be more than that. You you know what you know what our gas bill this month for the Pulse was nine hundred and eighty dollars. The Pulse right here, this building. is what the gas bill is for here. So let me tell you something. It's just so big, such a big place. God can make the gas go longer in your car. God can make the tires go longer on your car. God can cause groceries that may be out the roof for you to be able to buy everything that you possibly need, and then some, and then for you to be able to give it away. Let me tell you something. Our God shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus, no matter. There's no prerequisite to that except for giving. But I will tell you this. It doesn't matter how the economy is. The scripture still stands. It still stands no matter what. And you've got to get a hold of that. Something else that I told uh, Pastor Kevin. In the end times, which I believe we are, I do not believe, and I stand publicly and I say this. I do not believe in the last day that the church is going to be persecuted. I do not believe it. I do not believe it. Why? Because we're the most powerful identity that ever existed. We cannot be destroyed. Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall what? Shall not prevail against it. You cannot be destroyed because you're the church. And I said this to, to, to Pastor Kevin. He went running around the restaurant when I told him this. I said, Pastor Kevin, I said, tell me something. I said, how many people... How many grooms do you know that beats up on their bride the night before the wedding? He took a shouting fit. Think of that. How many brides get beat up on the night before the wedding? Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. John Sandy and I were talking about this today. He got down to 10 before he destroyed it. And what did he do? He got them out of there. He got him out of there, but he got the righteous out of there. We are the righteousness of God. If you really knew who you were in Christ, you wouldn't be addicted. If you really knew who you were in Christ, you wouldn't go through some of the stuff that you go through in your life because you've got to learn the promises and what God says. You are the church, the most powerful thing within this world. Bigger than the White House, bigger than the Outhouse. It's time for the church to change this world. And you're the church. you got to hear me out on this one poverty is a curse and poverty is not for the Christians it's an embarrassment poverty is an embarrassment to the kingdom of God Christians are not supposed to be broke we're not supposed to be poor I'm telling you 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 may think different But I believe that if a person gives, then let me tell you something. You will be blessed. There are prerequisites to the blessing that if you give. And I'm not even trying to take up an offering. Every bill in the church is paid. Hallelujah. I want to see you blessed. I want to see you prosper as your soul prospers. Here's what he says, and I have no notes on this. The 23rd Psalm, I have it in my will not to read the 23rd Psalm at my funeral. It is in my will. I promise you. I wrote it down not to read the 23rd Psalm. Let me tell you something. Let me give you the first line of the, do you, can you pull that up, Jacob? The 23rd Psalm. Oh, look at him. Ain't he something? Read it out loud. Here we go. Ready? The Lord... What? I shall not what? Does that mean all your need is met? I shall not want. Let's read the, re- ne- let's read the next one. Since you got it up there. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He's, he leadeth. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. See, he's leading, he's leading. Yea, though I walk, this is why they read it at funerals. Yea, though I walk in the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. We don't have to fear evil. Evil should fear us. For thou art with us, with me. He's with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Thy rod and thy staff, and I'm missing a bunch of it because you can preach the whole thing on this. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Your enemies that want to see you broke, your enemies that are speaking bad about you and trying to bring despair over you, they're going to see you eat and they're going to see you prosper. That's what it says. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Your enemies will see you prosper. Why? Because you're the church. Your your enemies will see you walk in health. Oh, I've heard it. I tell you what, it gets us sick of hearing it. Well, you know, the doctor said I'm going to be this way all my life. Well, Jesus didn't say that. And Jesus didn't make you sick to heal you. (laughs) He anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over if that runs over guess what that means <laughs> you read the next one surely goodness and mercy shall follow me look behind you turn around and look behind you right now don't stare but look behind you turn around look behind you right there surely and goodness is right there it's right there yoey. it's right behind you I can see it surely and goodness is right there Kathy, it's right there, one pew back, it's right there. Why? Because surely in goodness shall follow me. Follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Bet you never heard preaching like that on the 23rd Psalm. I shall not want. Glory to God. We need to be a victorious church. Some of you or some of your family, some of your friends may just be completely out of control. But there is a hurting world that needs to be healed and God is calling on us to do it. Jesus said, greater things will you do. He says, I go to prepare a place, but the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And, and, you know, I've heard this many times. People say, well, you know, something told me not to go that way, or something told me to do this, or something told me. That something, give it a name. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not a something. It's the Lord leading you because the Lord is inside of you. I'm teaching to you today. The Lord is inside of you. There's not a something inside of you. I had an English teacher in college. Her name was Mrs. Dorcas. She was a black college professor who was also an elder at a Presbyterian church. She liked me and I liked her. And I got a really good grade in her class. And let me tell you something that she said. And I've heard this thing misquoted. Our Father, whom are in heaven, not which are. God is not a witch. He's a who. Who aren't in heaven. She preached that to us one night in, in, in class, and I thought I was going to come out of my seat. He's in heaven. We're on earth. The Holy Spirit teaches you and me, leads you and me, guides you and me, tells us what to say, tells us what to watch, tells us what not to watch. (coughs) I watched uh, Dutch Sheets over the weekend. He's very good. He's a little bit dry, in my opinion, but he's very good at what he does. He, he speaks very monotone and this kind of stuff, but he's very good. He said one time he prayed for the Lord. He said, Lord, he said, revival is going to come from the 20s and the 30-year-olds. He said, it's going to be the young people that's going to bring. He said, where are they? He says, why aren't they in the churches today? He says, and he said that the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm not bringing them in yet. And here's why. He says, I'm trying to get religion out of the church first. If we want to see the church grow, then we got to get religion out of the church. We can't be religious. You say, well, you you know, it's like, well, he's a very religious man. Well, a dog is religious. A dog gets up and wants to go out at the same time every day. My cat, my cat scratches on the door at 7 a.m. I don't have to set an alarm clock. He's religious about that. But religion Christianity is not a habit, it's a lifestyle. Religion is. Boy, I'm all over the place today, but I'm preaching. We need to listen to the needs of the people without interruption. Let me give you an example to that. I've heard so many people say, they start to tell you their story. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She's telling Jesus a story. We are so quick to interrupt people from telling their story. We need to listen to their story. When I was in banking and I worked for BB&T years ago, one of the things that they said to us was to listen to what the customer's needs are. Let me give an example. John, stand up here a second. I've been going from banking five years, but I still remember this. Just um, tell me you want to open up a checking account. i like to open up a checking account. Well, let me tell you what, John. I'm going to do that for you today, and I'm going to give you online banking, and I'm going to give wow. you a debit card, and I'm going to give you 3% on a CD, and we're going to tie it all in. How's that sound to you? What about 5%? Why not? Okay, 3%. I'll take 3%. It. I'll take it. But that may not be what you want. But I went ahead and I said, I just laid it all out there. I'm going to give you a debit card. I'm going to give you online banking. I'm going to give you a savings account. Everybody needs a savings account. But all you want is a checking account. I didn't hear why he needed a checking account. And that's the thing within the church today. If we're going to help hurting people, we need to hear what they have to say. Now, many times, uh, you, you know what people are going to say. But we need to hear them out. We also need to feed them because it's hard to tell somebody about Jesus when they're hungry. The church today, in my opinion, there's so much maintenance within the church. And I'm talking about with people. We got to make sure that the church is right on the inside before we go outside of the four walls and bring other people in because we don't want them to grow crooked. We want them to grow straight. We need to listen. Christians are so fast to speak instead of being slow to listen. Write that one down. We are are so fast to speak Instead of being so slow to listen. Remember that it's not always the pastor's job to do all the healing that goes on around the community or in the church today. It's all of our responsibilities working together to to see people healed, set free, and delivered. And children. Let me give you a scripture over in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians is after 1 Corinthians. I thought I'd share that with you. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the Father of all comfort. The Father of all comfort. Whatever you're going through in your life, allow God to comfort you. Who comfort? Verse four: Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that they may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. It is up to us to look at those people, to look at the people that may be struggling in an area and say, after you hear their story, (laughs) you could say, you're going to be all right because I know a God. You know, my son will tell you that he'll mention something to me and I'll say, yeah, I know a guy. Or I'll know a gal that can take care of that. And he says, says, you know everybody, Dad. He said, you know all these people. Well, when you're around, you know people. You learn people. But I know a man who can. I know a man. And let me tell you something. I know people. I know Jesus. I know God. And I know the Holy Spirit. And I know who the devil is. I've dealt with him a time or two. But let me tell you something, he's got nothing, absolutely nothing. No power over you, no power over me, no power over the church. Learn to walk in freedom and comfort because that's the God we serve. Not to be anxious, he says to be anxious for nothing. And all means all. All comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, he comforts us. The statement that you have to remember is this. You and me need to be calm in the storm because Jesus has given us the authority to the storm. We can be calm through the storm. Now, I don't know about you, but I was telling Andy about this a little bit ago. The wind was blowing and howling at our house the other day. And I was just praying. Lord protect us. But I can tell you the wind is really blowing when you look at the water moving in your commode. And you're not making it move, if you know what I mean. It's moving on its own. So I'm asking Andy, I said, how does he do that? And He said, well... You got this vent that uh, the, uh, goes out the roof, and that wind's blowing, and it's causing a... I, I, was, a mar- I was marveled at that. <laughs> if I'd have had a house full of people, I'd have had them in the bathroom. Hey, you've got to come here and look at this. It, it's almost like when your kid poops in the potty for the first time. Everybody come and look. <laughs> oh, come on, you didn't do it. You know you did. Don't tell my story. I know you wanted to. Kathy was about to go into the spirit of testimony. She was going to, t- she was going to tell something on me. No, nah, i tell you what. I'll have security escort you out. <laughs> There's some things you keep within the family, do you not? But I mean, the wind was blowing. <laughs> How often does that happen in your life? You get a bill that you can't seem to pay, be able to pay. You get a sickness that you can't seem to get better over. You have a a relationship that's maybe not what it needs to be. You have a child that may be wayward and you're praying that they come back. Everyone's going through something. But we can make it and prevail through the storm. You know, Christy... Christy and I were talking about this one day, and I said, you know, I said, even Jesus told peace to be still. Peace is already still. He said, peace, be still. And Christy said, no, he was telling the storm to be still. He wasn't telling peace to be still. Well, he told peace to be still. Let me tell you something. When the wind is blowing in your life, when things are going wrong, God can calm the storm. And guess what? He can use you and me to help calm the storm. The church, the, not a church, the Calm the storm. Listen to what Galatians chapter 6, 1 and 2 says. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, not haughtiness. Well, I've never done that before. Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So here's the thing. How do you go through and weed out the non-spiritual and the spiritual? And then how do you define what the word spiritual means? Here's what he says. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Just like there's a spirit of anger, there's also a spirit of meekness. We're to walk in the spirit of meekness to help restore. You know, I mentioned to somebody not long ago in a meeting that we were in, and I said, you know what? I said, many times what people want is they want a preacher. They don't want a pastor. They want a preacher. There's a difference between a preacher and a pastor. A preacher is, We'll get up here and tickle your ears on Sunday morning and then send you home. A a, a pastor will get in a trench with you. A a pastor will call your your bluff on something that you're doing wrong and he'll, he'll address it with you. I've always tried to be a pastor. But a lot of people, Dustin, don't want a pastor. They don't want you meddling in their business. They don't want you meddling in their stuff. They just want to live a certain way, and, and you feed me on Sunday morning, preacher, and I'll put a little in the plate, and, and uh, you just leave me alone. What we're called to do is to restore those. But if the church is not restored, how can we go restore people that, when you're not restored? If anyone is overtaken in a wrongdoing, ye who are spiritual, restore. What did he say? He didn't say take them to the preacher. He didn't say take them to, he said you restore them. The power of the church, we have authority to restore people. Tell me how cool that is. Not criticize them, but restore them. Yes, people are stupid sometimes, make wrong decisions. But let me tell you something. It is the church's job to restore. And we should all be spiritual enough to do it. Shouldn't have to call me. You can. But you shouldn't always have to call me. Those that are spiritual. You know what that word means? Those that are mature in the walk. You can restore. Here's how we help the hurting. We ask God for an opportunity. Then we listen, listen, listen. I cannot stress to you enough. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the person. And then begin to work the solution. Not the problem, don't work the problem, work the solution. People call me all the time, they say, we've got a problem, I said, no, we have an opportunity. (laughs) you say, what? We have an opportunity to find a solution. And then we begin to fix. Don't work the problem, work the solution. It's time for the church, the church, to lean into the calm. Stop having meltdowns. Stop having meltdowns. Yes, there's times for this and there's times for that. And there's time for that. But people have meltdowns over an ingrown toenail. People have have meltdowns over a festered hair. People have meltdowns over the least petty things. Do you agree? How do we get better? Become spiritual. Become mature. Become what God wants you to be. Let me tell you something. The storm is going to blow. The wind is going to blow. It's going to happen, I promise you. But guess what? You can do it. Because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Stand to your feet. If you have a need today, whatever it might be, the altar is open. The altar is open for you. And let me tell you something. God is calling us to restoration. He's calling us to restore. He's calling us to restore our communities. He's called us to restore people's lives, people's families. Years ago, July 4th weekend, 20 years ago, a dear friend of ours from South America was getting ready to get married. She was marrying a man from Colombia. And I knew it was wrong. And I, I said, this can't be. The dad had already given the blessing for this person to get married. And the, and the people are friends, of, are friends of ours to this day. I called him on the phone. I said, can I come over? I need to talk to you all. She was in on a furlough uh, from Columbia, South America. And uh, they said, yeah, come on over. I went over and I sat down. Now, you think of this. These are people that I've done five trips to South America with, people that are wonderful people, wonderful people. And I looked across at her and I called her by name. And I said, the Lord has spoke to me for you not to marry that guy. And I said, you can't marry him. I said, he'll ruin your life. Guess what? I didn't know him. Never set eyes on him. Had no clue. John Sandy, out of all the people that I've said not to marry him, she didn't marry him. And she got blessed. I've told other people that. They didn't listen. Listen. But I've told her that, and she listened. I caused, I'm telling you. I went from from that meeting exactly to another meeting. We went to to the father of that church, and the pastor that I love dearly to this day, here's what he said. The father of the church said, one of you needs to go and see him. And Keith said, the pastor at the church, he said, I'll go. So the pastor gets on a plane. I'm telling you, I stepped into it. Gets on a plane, flies to Columbia, South America. sits down and has a conversation with those two people the the one that, the, the man and then the one that was stateside went finally went back you know to, to finish up the affairs getting ready to get married and pastor Keith I've learned so much counseling from him he is like my counseling buddy How I learned about his counseling was he counseled me, so I learned a lot from him and mentored me in a lot of areas. He struck a nerve with that guy down there, and that guy come unglued on him and cussed him out, swinging his arms ready to beat him up. Well, the girl that I went to the house with her mom and dad had never seen him carry on like that. Guess what? The wedding was off. I'm telling you, you got to know the Holy Spirit if you're going to dig into it. You got to know the Holy Spirit when you got to dig into it. Even Christy told me, she said, honey, you're, don't butt in those people's business. Let, I said, honey, I can't. I said, I've got to get involved in this. She called the wedding off. She's married to a wonderful man out in the Midwest. And they've adopted, because she's about my age, and she got married late. and, And she has adopted all kinds of kids. And they've been married for years. You, 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 every one of us here can stop a train wreck. Because we're the church and the Holy Spirit spoke to me I know his voice when he speaks I, I'm not arrogant about it I know his voice and he wanted me involved in that changed the destiny of that girl and they're precious they're wonderful people I didn't know what was going to happen sometimes you don't You're on faith, man. You're on faith. Trust Street's vacant. It it doesn't have a lot of people on it. But I give God glory because He changed a bad situation and made it good. What's going on in your life? Do you need help in an area? We're the church. Let's start meeting needs of people. You have a need today? The altar's open. You want to come for prayer, I encourage you to do that. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus and you think today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you would go to hell if you died today. Where would you go? If you knew you'd go to hell, you can change that. You're not here by accident. All you have to say is, Father, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and live. Use me for your kingdom, glory, and honor. Get in a Bible-believing church. The altar is a place where things die, so if you want to come and pray, I come here. This is my spot right there. I come here. A, a lot and I pray right there because I need help from God I need to know his voice where are you today you have a need step out would you I've got a need do you? I encourage you to do that. every time I try to make it all mine thank you Lord for helping me today every time I try to stand start to fall and all those lovely roads That I traveled on
1: There was Jesus mm-hmm.
0: When the life I became Came crashing into the ground Come and talk to the Lord today when the What is your need?
1: I nowhere to be found I couldn't see it there, But I can see
0: some people to come around these two and just pray somebody feel led just come lay your hand on their back and just pray whatever the need is I encourage you to do that what's God speaking to you about What kind of need do you have today? Thank you for moving, Lord. Thank you for moving. Wonderful God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is faithful. Whatever you're going through Oh. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. How worthy you are. Thank you, Jesus. We serve a worthy God, do we not? Thank you, God. Be the church. Be the church. Be the church. Hallelujah. Would uh, Sam and John, Sandy and Andy and... all leadership to see. Less. I yeah, I could see Tommy's head. There he is. Y'all come down here, man. You <clears throat> these are the fellows that I turn to a lot. in, in questions and pray with me about uh, things and to talk to me about things, and God is always faithful in these men. Y'all come over here. I don't bite. We're we'll going to take an offering for John Sandy. He doesn't have any socks on. Is that a new style or something? Is that? It's, it's what's in Is it? Like Did you get the memo here. one day? I like to be
1: no, no, I you, you got socks on? In the re- uh, Jesus is that what it is? Yeah. yeah, that's what
0: it is. I got half a sock. <laughs> I got those at the Haines store in Daytona Beach, Florida. No, I like wearing these. No doubt. No doubt about it. So, compressions. That's for old people. That's for old people. That's why I wear That's why you don't wear socks. So, how did we ever get on socks? That was my fault, wasn't it? Look, huh? I can take a side. I think I know where to go. I think. So anyway, you know, Les is our elder of our church. Uh, you have John and Sam and Andy uh, that uh, just are absolutely, we don't have, we have a leadership team within our church. And we have some of the some of the finest men that you can imagine. Yeah, we really, really do. And uh, so, come here, Dustin. Dustin spoke last week uh, within the church, and he just did an awesome job. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, God, where do you want Dustin to be a part of this church? Come over here with me. And, uh, and I thought, man, this is just... So I come up front. John was standing here and and, uh, and Dustin was up here. And so we started talking. Started talking about the vision of the pulse, the vision of the church and where God wants it. And so i met with all of the, all of the leadership uh, team that we have here to, uh, today all week. I've been a man on a mission with it, and uh, we feel that Dustin is going to make a great associate pastor for the pulse yes. and uh, so Dustin is going to be uh, our associate pastor of the pulse church It's pretty awesome, isn't it yes. yeah we're really excited about that uh, we're excited about that, and uh, you know we're hoping to bring back a midweek service of some point. Uh, and uh, we're looking at you know Thursdays. We're looking at some other things. Um, one thing that you know having having Dustin on board as the as the associate pastor um, is I'm going to start uh, hopefully next week or the week after. And be sure to tell tell your nephew and niece this. Uh, we need to get word out for uh, Don and JD too. That um, I'm going to start teaching the. Uh, junior high and senior high connect group uh so that frees me up to where i can i can put take that on and, and have dustin to help me uh and so we're really excited about about him being on board and uh so we want to pray over you you got anything you want to say what was it you told me all week <laughs> you just want god's will
1: hard to stand and, and hear God and not what I want. Because it's real easy for I think anybody in, the, in a situation to do what you want to do. And for me it was easy to say, somebody says that they'd like for me to, to think about pastoring their church. that still small voice. Yeah. And in that, and in the storm, like he was talking about, sometimes you just gotta stand still and wait. Yeah. And wait. And wait. Four or five churches I've been offered and I just had to stand still and wait. And I didn't know I trust him.
0: Thank you, Lord. Praise Thank you, God.
1: And I told God, God, if anybody's going to approach me, let it be him. And i know what you need out of me. And I trust John Sandy. And I trust each and every one of you guys. I mean, out of all of you all that's standing up here, two of you, my grandfather was your pastor
0: crazy, isn't it? And here we are. Some big this is, is the beginning. Yeah. Is
1: the beginning. And I've got a lot to learn. And I will. <laughs> but we'll learn together. Yeah. And we'll grow together. And there may be some mistakes, but we'll overcome. Them. And we'll just keep praying. We'll keep being obedient. <clears throat> we'll keep seeking God's voice is where it's at. Right here. And it'll go from here. This was the first pulse. Now there's a pulse and wound to them. There's going to be another pulse. And God will and he may just keep going. Who knows what he's going to do? Who knows? But it's time. It's time. And I love you all. I love you. And if there's anything that we can do to sit down, Feeling led to feeling led to do something, and we need to to pray
0: about it and, and see what the Lord says. Let's just see what the Lord does, not what Dustin does or John does, what the Lord does. Let's just yeah. see what He does. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting, and uh, we're we're so glad to have you on board. And you want to you want to tell them before before we go here and before we pray. How did you find the pulse? What was it you asked you asked Gary? Now this is a fun, this is kind of funny.
1: <laughs> so this this is what I've, I've learned um, through experience and through my own my own walk with God is is I have talked to people and I wanted to know who the community and the people were talking about and not in a good way. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> because
1: it it is scripture. <laughs> That's because crazy <laughs> because
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just being silly for doing that. But I, I mean, I, when you told me that story, I thought, that is the craziest thing. Because you think you'd run the other way. But, you know, it's just what God wants. And We're excited to have you on board. I tell you, I love you. I appreciate you so much. I do. I appreciate you so much. As our associate pastor, we just want to bless you. Come over here and let's come around him. And you all lay your hands on him. Dustin, we anoint you. This is the same oil that Pastor Wright anointed me and ordained me with. And I, I just anoint you by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And Father God, we just commission Dustin as the associate pastor of the Paul's Church in Gasway, West Virginia. <clears throat> Father God, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. Amen. And God, we worship you and we thank you for what you have inside of him. And for what you're going to do with him, Father God, in this church, in this community. And God, we know that he is here because you have brought him here. And we pray, Father God, that the words that come from him, Father God, will be a blessing. And Father God, that's, yes, it won't be comfortable uh, a lot of times with what what we preach. But God, we know that you're going to do great things in Dustin. And Father, we commission him right now uh, in the name of Jesus. Father God is the associate pastor of the Paul's Church and we know that the gates of hell shall not prevail against him or this church in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise you Jesus. Anoint these hands. Anoint these hands Father God. Anoint this voice in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Anoint his eyes from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. God that the power of your Holy Ghost will flow through him. Then when he lays hands on the sick, they shall recover. Lord, help him to always hear your voice and to know what you're speaking. Help him to have spiritual eyes to see, spiritual ears to listen, and a spiritual voice to speak. And God, we thank you and we praise you for it because it is in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Ghost. Yes. Yes. You told him that? Really? What'd you say? Yeah. Amen. No dancing? Thank you, Jesus. That's some good oil. That came all the way from Israel. Hey man, I didn't get it as bad as you did. <laughs> no, did you see the video? Oh, I got dumped on. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Jesus, no doubt. So we're we're absolutely. And you know one thing about Dustin that I love is um, he's not taking a salary. He didn't want any money for to do this. And not only did he not want any money, but he said, "I got a lot to learn, and I need to be mentored." And so, and and I got to tell you, I've I've never had an associate pastor before, so, you know, it's learning for me, too, so, but I'm excited. You excited about the journey? Amen. No doubt about it. Praise God. No doubt. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll keep you up to date on what's happening. Amen. Amen. Love you all.